You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 46 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with the wonderful Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. What have you been up to this week? Uh, it's been a good week. I've been uh, working hard but also uh, got to play a bit over the weekend. So I had a friend come down from Sydney. We got to hang out, do cool stuff and uh, I've just had my nails done. But <laughs> yes, if but... I gave you, I'll give you 20 guesses. You'll never guess what I have just been doing. Like you'd never guess. Like just then? Ridiculous. Just like just before we came on air. Uh I don't know. Walking the dog. Um, Surfing the internet. Um, I don't know. MacGyver hack, right? Nothing to do with photography. Sorry, we will get to photography. Great show on street photography this week. Yes. But um, my MacGyver hack, and I'm very, very proud of this. So the cats, my alley cats, are, are molting, right? Yes. So there's hair everywhere. And no matter what I do, I brush them. There's still like, there's just like the because it's coming into summer, hair everywhere. Yes. Vacuum them. I've been <laughs> vacuuming the cats. Uh, don't they run away? Because if, no. I, <laughs> if I took the vacuum out, my cats would just run away. So the male not not will do it, but he's not that wrapped. You can just see the look on his face. He's going, get that thing away from me. But mm-hmm. my girl mm-hmm. is just like on her back. <laughs> <laughs> loving it like legs up going yeah and then she'll roll over and go do the back now and you get all the loose hairs off them oh my goodness because I've actually got a brush attachment on my vacuum cleaner that you can brush and vacuum at the same time it's designed for pets you reckon yeah that's what it's designed it's actually that's the guy sold it to me based (laughs) on that he's like have you got pets here you'll love this this is the best invention ever okay I've like never been game to use it. You should get one. You would love it. I don't think my cats would respond very well. No, they wouldn't. They're too <laughs> princessy. Yeah, I know because they. I brush them. They, 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 they love it. Mm. But anyway, uh, well, let's move on. <laughs> but thank you for sharing that uh, life hack with us. I haven't yeah. been doing anything quite as exciting. Uh, it was my dad's 80th yesterday, so I was doing 80th birthday activities. Oh, how awesome. Happy birthday to your dad. Yeah, I can't believe it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, but um, it was a tiring day because, you know, family functions often are. So I came home and turned on Foxtel and just vegged out. And it was wonderful. So were you taking uh, photos at the function yesterday, Val? I, your portrait, the big family portrait, <laughs> how'd you go? I wasn't because I was in charge of the whole thing. So I oh. had to delegate the photography to somebody else because I had to greet every- – I'm the only child. So I had to greet everyone. I oh, had yes. to, you know, organize everything. I had to emcee the event. I had were to do MC all those- as well. That would have been very slick, a very slick event <laughs> If you were MC, it was different. Yeah. <laughs> never, never MC'd an 80th before. But um, yeah, anyway, it was, it was fun. It was fun. But uh, having a good rest now, and now recording this podcast with you, very excited about uh, this week's topic. Something I am, you know, sometimes good at, and sometimes not good at. I don't really know why. Sometimes when I'm in um, a certain place, well. I think I'm good at it when I'm overseas because you're not yourself when you're overseas. So yeah. I have more confidence or I have more balls or I have more guts to, to do street photography. But, you know, in my local suburb or in my home city, I just don't really seem to 
have the guts or, or, or feel inclined. Well, I feel inclined to do it, but I, I feel I feel like, you know, someone's going to bump into me. That's or... it. You're afraid someone will know you and go, what are you doing? Yes. Photographing me. We went to high school together. <laughs> something like that. Is that it? Sort of. I don't know what yeah. it is. It's just I think you're more uninhibited when yeah. you are out of your own hometown and so you're more inclined to do such things so anyway i'm interested to get your tips on street photography but before we get onto that we just have some shout outs and we have this a big shout out to scott stoke hog who has written us a review on itunes thank you so much scott really appreciate it and scott said I listen to the podcasts as they are released every Thursday while traveling to work at 4.30 a.m. Goodness me, 4.30 a.m. When you're getting to bed, Val. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes. The information given freely by Gina, or should I say extracted by Valerie, (laughs) every week is incredible, highly detailed and easy to understand. I've learned more about photography by listening here to the entertaining banter between Gina Militia and Valerie Koo in the last 44 weeks than the previous five years of wandering around aimlessly on the web. Keep them on your device, hop back and forth between episodes as your situation or learning curve dictates. I refer to them as needed to keep the info fresh. A great way to learn until you can fly on your own. Great stuff, Gina. I love your giving back attitude. And thanks to Valerie for putting it all together and keeping the flow smooth. Love the shows. Keep them coming from Scott Stoke Hogg. Thank you so much, Scott. You How have cool. made my day. Has he made yeah. your day? I'm just... Oh, that's so cool. That's a great review. Thank you so much. Just that's awesome. Can't tell you how much that means to us, Scott, because yeah. it really makes a, a difference. And, you know, it, it, it really, it's encouraging. So thank you. Really appreciate it. It's uh, vacuuming the cat, see? He's into it. Like, <laughs> it's all that other stuff that I give. That's what he's talking about, isn't it? Oh, it must be. It must yeah. be. Yes, yeah, Scott. You, I bet you're off to vacuum your cat now. Not. <laughs> uh, but if you have a minute or two, leave a review or rating on iTunes. We'd be really grateful because uh, that really helps us in the ratings and helps us reach more people. And also, if you are a new listener, just remember that we have a Facebook community for this podcast. All you need to do is search for So You Want to Be a Photographer. A podcast community on iTunes, uh, not on iTunes, <laughs> on Facebook, and uh, join the group. and uh, And we'd love to see you in there because we're always exchanging tips and uploading our own photos and uh, getting opinions on how they can be improved, or even just um, just ones that we're proud of. So some fantastic photos in there, some fantastic stories as well. And one of them is from who, Gina. Our MacGyver of the Week, another MacGyver that doesn't involve a vacuum or cats. MacGyver of the Week this week goes to Lucho from Peru who uploaded uh, a a, a set of images for the group challenge. And I was looking at the shots and I was commenting and I said, Lucho, great lighting. What uh, what sort of a a modifier did you use? And he's like, I MacGyvered my own. Using so his lighting setup is speed lights with air sick bags. Love it, air sick bags. Yeah, so we've talked about that in the MacGyver show. Mm. Um, and if you're interested in all the MacGyver hacks, check through the archives from the MacGyver show because there's some really great uh hacks in there. But basically, uh, air sick bags when they're like some of the airlines put advertising all over them, and so they're not great. But if you can find uh, plain white bags or those plain white bags that they uh, put uh, pastries in. Like I get my Nutella donuts in plain white bags. Mm. And so when I'm buying them, you just maybe ask for a clean one because you get Nutella and it's not as good. And, <laughs> and or like some uh, clothing stores sometimes uh, sell their, give you their, the, give clothes in those nice plain white bags. Yes. And, the, and if you want a really nice la- large modifier for a speed light, just get a bigger bag. The bigger the modifier the softer the light so and I just think uh it was just the best hack I had not seen anyone actually physically do it yet and it just creates a really good light soft because you've got three people in the shot yes great so we'll put the shot that Lucho uh provided into the show notes and it's a great shot of um Three people, and he in, instead of using that harsh flash, what he has done is use these Essex bags to kind of make it softer. Yeah. yeah. 
Fantastic. Works really well. Now, one of the things that we do every week is we have a hashtag Gina challenge. And last week, it was hashtag backlighting. So we have a different theme each week and people, uh, you know, interpret that theme however they like and put their photos in the Facebook group. And it's great to see a whole range of photos and different people's different interpretations of those uh, of the theme um, in 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 the Facebook group. And last week, as I said, it was backlighting and we've got some great shots that we'll put mm. in the show notes. Uh, who are they from, Gina? All right. Well, we did. We got – so. I mean, I'd be doing a whole show showing off examples, so I just had to pick a few, but they were all – like there were so many, so many great shots. So mm. the first one that I loved was from uh, Jason Jones who used backlighting, but what I particularly love about this shot is the worm's eye view that he shot from. So he's gotten down very low and he's done – uh, I think the groom waiting for the bride, and instead of doing that traditional shot where you've got the whole a whole of the groom mm. like standing there, he's gone right down, uh, worm's eye view. It's a shot of the feet, and then the, you can see the sun in the background. It's just really cool, and it's so different. So you've got the long shadow, uh, the the groom's uh, a bit of rim lighting there from the sun. I I, I just I just love the shot. I've thought yeah. it's really cool, very clever, and. W- we have a beautiful shot from Amanda Perris from Furry Hearts Photography. And uh, as the name suggests, it's of some furries, cute furries. There are these two dogs, one in the foreground, one in the background. And they are backlit. The one in the foreground is is in focus with some gr- just some beautiful trees that are out of focus in the background. So, you know, it's, it's – it, and, and the dog is backlit. So you can just see this kind of like halo mm. uh, around him. Him, and yet he himself, the main part of him, is perfectly in focus and beautifully lit as well. Yeah. So gorgeous shot from Amanda Paris. And Fantastic. who else? And uh, and Fran Solly uh, captured a, uh, I reckon that looks like an old FJ Holden, but I'm not sure because I'm not that great with my car. So it's mm. a rusted out um, wreck mm. uh, and uh, with the sun, the Best starburst Fantastic. I've seen in a long time. Uh, just it's so this is a sunrise, uh, she says, and it's uh, it looks like it's the Australian somewhere out out in the country, Australia, and uh, sensational shot the rust with the, the 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 beautiful starburst, and she shot that on the twenty five to one hundred five lens too, Val. Beautiful shot, mm. just just perfectly timed with that starburst just coming up above the horizon. Beautiful. But a cracker of a shot is from Michael Go, isn't it? I saw this uh-huh. shot. So it's a shot of, and immediately I had to say, where is this? I should have recognized yeah. it myself. Yeah. But it was of the Pinnacles, mm. and which is rock formations in Western Australia in sort of like a, a desert setting, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Pinnacles. But it's the Pinnacles uh, as the main part of the shot, but an incredible sky, uh, incredible sky, which pray shows the amazing constellations and stars and Milky Way and uh, um, just incredible colours in the sky as well. But do you want to talk about it, Gina? Yeah, so he's actually this – he, Michael, puts so much work into his images. So this is a 32-image panorama, and so he shot this on his Canon using a 15 to 30 mil uh, at 15 mil. And so he, he actually uh, – like plans it uh, like way ahead um, and uh, there's lots of complicated techniques that he uses that are outside my realm because it's such a specialised field. But I actually want to go and shoot with Michael. (laughs) I'm so in love with his work. I just think it's – because there's so few places in the world that you can – have that little light pollution that you can see and capture images like this and it's just – Oh, God, I love it. Yes, he's waited till the crescent moon has reached a certain point on the tip of a pinnacle. Incredible Uh, amount of planning has gone into these shots. And he said that the light reaching up to the Milky Way is called the zodiacal light. And it only happens in spring and autumn before dawn and after sunset, which is the sunlight reflecting off dust in the inner solar system. So... 
He said he's, he plans quite heavily for these images and he and, and backlit Milky Way situations take a lot of planning ahead. As you can imagine, I mean, there's so many forces outside of you. I know. Control. Wow. It's but amazing stuff. So check out his work if you get a chance. Michael, go. Yes. And we'll put uh, all of the these amazing shots in the show notes. But let's move on to the topic of the week, street photography. Where do we start, Gina, with street photography? First of all, I suppose, can you define what it is? All right. So basically, um, street photography, and and I'm so excited about this topic, and I'm so inspired, and I just want to run out now and go and get out there and take (laughs) some more because I've really missed doing this. But it's basically uh, taking unposed images of people in public places going about what they do in their daily lives. So so you're trying to make something ordinary out of the everyday look interesting, right? Mm. So it's not it's not really about the person. So it's not like you're capturing a portrait of someone where they're they're in the street looking at the camera. So so they're unaware of the camera. It's a candid shot and you're just freezing a moment in time. Mm. And so uh like good Good street photography is generally kind of upbeat, positive, and it's 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 like a celebration of that that single little moment, and 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 they're and they're not posed, and so like when you take uh, a street portrait, it's set up, it's posed, the person's aware of being photographed, and they give permission to be photographed. Street photography, they're unaware generally, and there's, they're not giving their permission to be photographed, so it's candid. When you're doing travel photography, uh, it's more about trying to sell a destination to someone, so you're trying to make something look amazing and, and, and really show it off as like somewhere that people want to go to. So that's the agenda there. And documentary photography is more about um, you're trying to sell a story about something that particular that's happening or, you you know, at that time that, that was taken. So street photography is only about recording like that split second as it happens and then everything changes after that so it's ever changing you can there's street photographers who just work on the same sort of one kilometer radius mm-hmm. and that's their beat and they and but but like people are coming and going there's always different people around and 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 they're just uh recording what's happening in front of them okay so in terms of street photography then what kind of – is it safe to assume that you are pretty limited in your gear because you kind of got to be walking around a lot and capturing things very quickly and without people knowing that it's happening? Yeah, like the, the, so there's there's gear. I just want to have a just quick chat about a couple of uh, street photographers worth uh, checking out, and I'll put the links in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But um, the, uh, Flo Fox, who was uh, who shot in the seventies, uh, has done some amazing stuff. She's actually in our Facebook group. Val. Oh, hi, Flo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and she is an incredible photographer who was uh, did a lot of her work in the seventies. Is now legally blind and shoots with an assistant. So we'll we'll get them to to point the camera in the general direction that she wants, and that's how mm-hmm. she does a lot of her photography. Her stuff's amazing. My a couple of my favourites, Cartier Bresson, worth checking out. Mm-hmm. And so um, he would often go out and wrap like black tape around his cameras so that you couldn't see the chrome, so it was less conspicuous. All right, and um, and uh, he'd shoot with really fast black and white film, sharp lenses, and so that he could go around unnoticed. And and like uh, my favorite quote from him is like, um, he never used flash because he said it's impolite. It's like coming to a concert with a pistol in your hand. <laughs> okay. Isn't that a nice way of saying that? So, mm-hmm. and he was big on you do do it all in camera. It's not about cropping or in the dark room. Mm. So, and and he was so adamant about that that when uh, he got his photos printed, Val, mm. he would make the people who printed the photos leave like a barrier of the to show the edge of the negative to prove mm. that the images wasn't cropped. It was like all composed in camera. So a legend. I love his work, and uh, you know a couple of others. Bill Cunningham, who's um, like a, a photographer for the New York Times, uh, 
gorgeous street photography and um, a Swiss photographer by the name of Thomas Lenhardt, whose work I love and am worth checking out. So all links in the show notes there. And I've also put a link about um, a couple of other influential photographers uh, worth checking out as well. All right, great. Uh, and of course, the ones in the show notes they range from you know present day street photographers yes. to obviously Henri Cartier-Bresson was yes. in the first half of the century. Yeah. Um, Bill Cunningham was also you know a few de- few decades ago. So yeah, yeah uh, this street photography has been happening for a, a long time. But yes, back to my question. <laughs> so in terms of gear, Val. Yes. All right. What's the best camera to take uh, street photography with? And that question's kind of like, well, what's the best camera for photography full stop? And it's like whatever you've got, basically. But, okay, okay, there are a couple of things when you're out on the street. What you want to be is when you're on the street, you really just want to slip through the crowd unnoticed. Yes. So ideally, you're not going to have... um, if you've got the big, um, you know, DSLR with the 70 to 200 or 500 mil lens and a tripod, mm. it's kind of a bit di- difficult to be in- inconspicuous. So a lot of um, street <laughs> photographers that are out there working love to use like little compact cameras. Mm. A lot of them are going mirrorless these days. So, you know, so they're tiny and it just looks like uh, people don't even notice that they've got a camera. There's just like just someone in the in, in the crowd. So you can actually get in and get right up close with people mm. and uh, and take photos. Uh, a, a lot of them are also like iPhone and uh, camera phones are perfect for street photography. The lenses are so good now. Mm. And like I think the lens on an iPhone is around 35, I think, but it's generally a wider lens, so which is perfect uh, for doing street photography. So generally uh, it's best to shoot with a faster, wider lens, so 50 and under rather than zoom. So good street photography, it's it's not a portrait, Val. It's more about capturing the environment. So it's kind of uh, important to get as much detail in the background as possible because that that gives the whole image a bit of a story and you've got the background. So generally mm. when you see street photography, it's 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 rarely where like some some people do have that style where they're right up in people's faces, but generally you've got to see like a part of the street and the surrounding. So I just have Help a tell the story. Yeah, so in terms of telling that story, I have to clarify something. Is your de- definition of street photography where it's not set up or it's can up. can street photography also be where you do talk to the old man sitting in the shop window and say, "Do you mind looking over there?" That's a street portrait. Okay. All right. All right. We've got the distinction. Okay, so yep. street portrait is where the, the person ha, you, has given you permission mm-hmm. to take their shot. Mm-hmm. Street photography is completely candid. All right. Okay, great. And one of my favourite things to do when I'm um, out of Melbourne, and like you were saying earlier, um, you struggle to photograph in your neighbourhood. Mm. So do I. Mm. <laughs> yes. And I, it, why, it, why do you? Well, because I've, I'm not seeing anything new, so I'm not inspired. It's mm. very – like I, I really struggle. I just and, – and I've seen it all before and I can't think of an, a new way to portray it. But the minute I step into a new city, suddenly everything I'm seeing is mm. new and exciting and I want to record it. And like – and even coming to Sydney, Val, I mm. go nuts when I go up there. Yes, you do a bit and that's I interesting. I go nuts. Yes, but I know it's the same. Melbourne is fairly similar to Sydney, yet I, if for me it feels like I'm in another country and I can, and I can shoot there. I just can't shoot in Melbourne. Yes, I have noticed that actually because sometimes when I've shot with you around the the city of the CBD in Melbourne, I'm walking past things going, "Oh wow, look at that! Oh wow, look at that!" And oh my god, look at that angle! And you just kind of go, "Oh yeah, me, <laughs> yeah, and so. it, yeah." And it's only times when I'm uh, stuck in a car or with someone and can't take a shot that I'll see something in Melbourne that I go, oh, my God, I really should take photograph that. That's amazing. Mm. But, you know, yeah, as a general rule, I'm more inspired when I'm away from my uh, home base. Yes, yeah, so I suppose the lesson there is to, even when you are in the home base, to try to look at things with a fresh eye, even though that's easier said than done. 
It is, but you can um, like wander to areas of your hometown that you don't visit often mm. and you're not seeing every day. So, so for me, mm. I'm in the heart of the city like every day. I'm always seeing it. So, But I could go out like one, to other suburbs that I've not visited before or further into the country of the state that I live in and then there will be a whole other world that I've never seen and then I'd get inspired. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, so with street photography, what are we trying to achieve? Okay, so ha- hang on, have I finished uh, all the gear? So oh, iPhone, um, <laughs> no tripod. As I said with uh, Cartier-Bresson, uh, he would tape up his logos. I think that's a really good idea if you do it. And I, I've done this before when I've been travelling to um, certain – certain. I don't want to draw attention to myself, so I'll just tape up all the Nikon and all the rest. So it just looks like I've got, you know, just a – a daggy old camera and I just look like everybody else out on the street. So I'm not drawing any attention to myself. You don't, you don't look like everybody else on the That's street. True. You've I'll, got a I've freaking huge camera. No, I don't. No, <laughs> when I travel. So um, when I'm traveling, my street uh, camera and lens of choice is I have my 24 to 105 and I have the 5D Mark III. That's kind of compact. Mm-hmm. It's not big like the 70 to 200 Val. Yes, okay. Okay, mm-hmm. so I, that, that's, my, that's my inconspicuous, you know, <laughs> and I blend. Uh, the, the other trick is to um, maybe not have the big uh, timber bag or, you know, mm. logo bag hanging off your shoulder that screams, you know, photographer. And, of course, flash. Don't, don't use flash, you yep. know, because okay. Katia Bresson said it's rude. It, and it is a bit, and it's kind of like street photographers. If there's, um, you want to be a serious street photographer, like that, they just uh, don't believe in using flash. So okay. it's all daylight. So you want to be having fast, the ability to shoot fast, so you can do great shots in low light. So if you've got a camera that shoots a high ISO, mm. that's why a lot of them are going for those uh, mirrorless cameras that do that well. So yeah, that's the gear. Okay. Great. So next question, Val. Was, well, what are we trying to achieve when we do street photography? So you, you basically it's about like noticing little details. You want to be in the right place at the right time and, and recording a moment, but you're putting your personal spin on it. Mm-hmm. So it's like no one will see in exactly this or notice the same things that you notice because we've all got different filters in our head and and we see everything differently. So depending on how you're feeling on the day, you're actually going to notice different things and put a slant and how you photograph something is going to change the whole vibe of how everything looks. So it's, you know, how the image is framed, exposed and the post-production you put on it will have a, a huge impact on how it looks overall in the end result. So what what I'm trying to do when I'm doing my street photography is that one frame. And I, I actually, when I'm shooting uh, street photography, I'm not doing, I'm not, it, it's very different to how I shoot a portrait. Mm-hmm. When I'm shooting a portrait, I set it up. They're aware of it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I will um, keep shooting until I've got exactly the expression and the look and I'm moving people and I'm tweaking their pose and, and, and it's completely uh, artificially created, right? And I'll move lights and I'll add light and take light away. What I love about street photography is I don't do any of that. You can't. You've got to um, create something with what's there. So it, um, I'm trying to um, use what I have and not try and manufacture anything. Okay, yes. You know what I mean. All right. Basically, uh, you want to get it all in that single frame, capture the emotion, the mood, or the vibe that you want to have. So, like, if if there was one scene, 10 different photographers walk past it, Val, Mm. you'd get 10 completely different shots. Sure. You know? So. Do you think that there needs to be action in a street photography shot? Yes. So, I like to. so I basically, uh, if you've got like a, a people moving through the frame, mm-hmm. I really like that. Or if you've got uh, like anything interesting going on, like if it's a windy day or it's raining, 
that adds another dimension uh, to the shot. So I, my, my particular favourite time to shoot Val is I like to go uh, really early in the morning mm-hmm. when the city's waking up and everyone's going about their business. Mm-hmm. So you sort of capture people doing, and then I also love early evening. And it's because of what everybody's doing, like there's hustle and bustle happening and the light. It's like you've got the soft light and you can get like really dramatic looking uh, street shots with a lot of action. All right. Mm-hmm. So, do you could, like? Should we talk about how to how to get the get the shots and so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I just want to clarify again. So when we've got, we we understand what street portraits are. So street photography, yeah. we're not actually necessarily talking about um, scenes like uh, you know a, a beautiful shot of coffee in the outdoor cafe. It's actually got people in it. Yeah, generally. Yes. People who gen- don't know they're having their photos taken. Yeah, yeah, people who don't know they're having their <laughs> All right. photos taken. All right, how do we get the shots without being really obvious and people bashing us up? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's lots of, lots of ways you can do this. And, and there's, like, basically uh, some photographers, like, if you've got a small enough camera, you can kind of shoot discreetly and people have got no, aware, no idea that you're shooting them. So... Um, and, and that's what I do. I just I just walk around and like sometimes I think I've been with you when I've just gone to stand here <laughs> and and pose for me and it looks like I'm taking your photo but I'm actually photographing the person next to you uh-huh. as a street shot, right? Yeah. So there's there's things like that 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 the little tricks that you can do. There's some photographers who work uh, who will do a shoot from the hip. So basically you're carrying your camera around at the hip and so before you go out and shoot, you'll set it to uh, like a uh, a high aperture, say around F8. So it's going to be sharp for a fair way through mm. and you might pre-focus like a few feet in front of you, mm. right? And then you'll turn off the autofocus and just have it on manual focus so you're not going to change the focus. Mm. And then uh, you have a high shutter speed, okay, mm-hmm. and then you uh, – you have the the camera at, like at your hip as you're walking. So I actually have a just shoot. I you... have a great shot of you doing this. I'm going to put that <laughs> in the face. I'm going to put that in the show notes and the Facebook group. I have a great <laughs> shot of you with your camera on your hip. I, sorry right. to interrupt. Go on. So that's that's a, like a little sneaky way to do that. Yes. Um, if you sometimes if I'm out shooting street stuff with my iPhone, I put my buds in. And yeah, what? You mean your like, earbuds for you? Yeah, earbuds, okay. yeah. And it looks – and so uh, it, it just looks like I'm um, listening to music mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I might be smiling and looking at the screen <laughs> and you've got your hand on the control. You can control the shutter of the camera. <sighs> so you're standing there looking like you're grooving along and you never actually make eye contact with anyone that you want to photograph. Yeah. And you can do a sweep of the entire room <laughs> and it just looks like and, – and I might be da- – like I'm doing it now. I'm, I'm describing this, but I might be like, you know, dancing, swaying to what I pretend is the music that I'm listening to in the <laughs> soundtrack in my head. But you're taking photos of people. Oh, my goodness. You blitz an entire room. So it kind of sounds like spying, really, doesn't it? <laughs> this whole street photography. Yes. But it's Well, it is, but it's like the minute someone is aware that you're taking their photo and they pose, you lose that candidness of the whole shot and you lose that ability to capture that beautiful moment in time, to freeze it, to, to freeze something that you've seen <laughs> and you just want to like just just record it forever. Yes. All right? And that's what's so but beautiful it's about It's so it. hard when you're doing it sneakily, particularly with your camera on your hip, to get the shot in focus don't you think so this is you practice so what i've said val is before you um go out in this situation so you might be so you start in a cafe you have your coffee Mm. right and then in the cafe you might set your (laughs) camera up and have a look and pre-focus three or four feet in front of you so like say if the chair like the chair at the next table get a focus on that and lock on so that you know you're sharp, and then turn the autofocus off the camera, okay? Mm-hmm. Then your camera is set, ready to go for this shooting at the hip um, technique, mm. okay? So you've got you've got a general sort of you – you, 
you might want to, it's probably best to actually do this outside so you get the right exposure. So you might want to like set yourself up so and pretend you're going to photograph a, a, a fire hydrant, mm. right? A few feet away from you. So you set it up, you have your lens wide, as wide as it'll go, so you can do a really wide shot, mm. uh, pre-focus, and then um, then you'll be able to just shoot from the hip. And it's a very simple, so th- this is with your, um, you know, your S- SLR camera mm. rather than with your phone because mm. your phone doesn't need to pre-focus. It just yes. shoots because it's just got that. So um, practice with your phone first, Val, so you can get a, a vibe for like, you know, you know where you're going to be shooting from. Yes, I have to say, I have to practice a lot more with this whole trying to be sneaky thing because, in fact, I was in a cafe and I was trying to take a sneaky shot because there was um, a very famous actor at a few tables away and uh, he was he was having lunch and I was trying to get the shot, but I should have – I wish that our episode on backlighting yeah. had already been out because I just couldn't – get it because he was so backlit and also apart from being backlit I was trying to be really 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 unobtrusive Mm. and hoping that no one would notice and I looked at my shots and they were just terrible so they that wasn't going to work so in the end I ended up calling a paparazzi friend of mine (laughs) to to go to take the shot from the outside (laughs) But anyway, I remember you sent me that shot, Valerie. It was, yeah, it was I, pretty what bad. Did I email shot. back. It's out of focus, Val. Who is it? <laughs> I can't see. Famous actor from Entourage. Yeah, I but know. Anyway. I remember. I remember the shot. Um, I have a very good friend, uh, Joy, who uh, loves a spy shot, and she's an absolute <laughs> master at it. Really? And uh, when we travel together, like she's constantly getting the most incredible. I'm like, how did you do? How did you get that? And she's like, so like she will be a foot away from someone and she's Mm. like capturing all the action. But when you're with her, she's also like you go home and then she'll send you 20 spy shots of you doing stuff. Oh, my God. And um, she's standing right next to me and I didn't even realize. Like she's so good. You've got no idea she's photographing it. That's scary. It is a bit scary. So um, that's kind of the sneaky technique. There's a there's a few other ways um, to do uh, good street shots. It's like um, there's like a technique that I've named the I've named them, of course. Mm. There's uh, the of commando. Course. The commando. Where, yeah, yeah. You, you wear no underwear while you're shooting. <laughs> no, that's not it. <laughs> no. Well, whatever, whatever makes you happy, Val. Okay. Um, so you you walk into the scene and you just shoot shoot shoot. So you just blitz along. So you just happily like just shoot everything that you see and uh, do like a, Rambo. Like a, a it's like kind of like uh, a spray and pray. So you're just kind of walking down the street going, you know, that's kind of the commando, you know. And chances are you're going to get a good shot. Yeah. All right, you're just constantly firing as you go and you'll 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 get something. Or there's the other way which is very similar. This next technique is called the wait and see valve. Mm. And this is very similar technique to how I get a car park at Christmas at the shopping <laughs> mall. Yeah. So everyone else, detail. You, 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 it's like the secret. You kind of just wish for the car no, park no, to appear. No, 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 no. This this technique works, and okay. we're coming up to Christmas. I want everyone to have a go because okay. basically everyone else will just drive around and yes. drive around yes. and drive around, and there's always a car park. Oh my God! There's someone leaving in the next place. <laughs> there's someone leaving, and you can never get to them because someone else always gets it. But yes. if you just find an aisle. Mm-hmm. Put your indicator on, stop the car, just leave it idling and position yourself and wait, Mm. right? In the next 15 minutes, someone is going to leave Mm. and you will get a car park. Okay. It works every time. That's the wait and see. So I use a very similar technique to when I'm doing my street photography. So it's not a car park that I'll find, but I might find a really interesting background. Oh yes, now, we did this together in New York. We mm. spot, I spot. We were in the meatpacking district, Val. Mm. And do you remember the shot where there was the mural of Madonna? Yes, they're like Andy Warhol stencils of Madonna. 
incredible and i was just like oh my god i you know i love madonna mm, i love yep. her <laughs> and um this this was an amazing amazing artwork and so i uh was across the road i framed it up and then i waited for someone to walk past mm. someone interesting to walk through the scene and uh some not so interesting people did <laughs> but then the the perfect guy like slim line suit with a black umbrella just walks through the frame and mm. I got him so he's not quite sharp I've focused on the background mm. that's my hero and he just creates interest uh, mm. in the image which is a really great technique so you find your location and just wait and light the car park you'll get you'll get something good that way rather than just wandering around and and shooting what happens to be there yes kind of well it's not cheating you, you're creating the shot but it's still happening by chance because you don't know who's going to walk through the frame yes at time that is a great idea isn't it and I was just thinking that the other the other day when I was sitting on the beach and I was you know taking some photos thinking god these are boring these are boring and then then someone walked through and it was the perfect shot well not perfect but you know a better shot than the boring ones and I thought yeah that's a, that's good that's the wait and see technique isn't it yeah, so it works really well, mm. and uh, it's 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 it has to be one of my favourites. And mm. and so the next one that I've kind of already talked about, and that's my friend Joy, the sneaky shooter. So mm. that's the spy shooter. Um, so works for people who are you know if you you feel a bit shy to be seen taking photos, then you can kind of uh, do the sneaky shots. But again, I think if you're doing the sneaky shots, and I'll talk about this uh, sort of later in the podcast about ethics and and who to photograph and things like that. Mm. But like there, you know, the, the techniques that I described uh, work really well. Okay. Right, so next one, Val, braze the brazen shooter, mm-hmm. which you just like bowl up to people. <laughs> And how do they feel about that? Well, it's uh, you get different reactions from different people. I've kind of shot this way. Oh my god! (laughs) I've just like just you know seen something and just like I'm just going to take a photo, and so it means you can get up really close. And uh, yeah, so I've done it for a few shots, um, and uh, it's kind of like shoot and then apologize afterwards, (laughs) (laughs) or it might be if they you know, catch you, then you might say, hey, how you going? Um, I'm Gina. Da-da-da. I just took this shot of you. I can email it to you if you like. You keep it light. You know, it's uh, it's a great shot, actually. You look amazing and, uh, mm. yeah, happy to send it to you if they're going to kick up a fuss. Yes. Perhaps. All right? Yeah, sure. Great. All right. So next, Val, I want to chat about uh, some of the best locations. Or oh, some yes. Of- favorite locations for street photography so mm-hmm. as i said before that shot in the meatpacking district billboards and street art make really great backdrops and for graffiti and graffiti mm. all right so there's and there's plenty around and it's just if you can get uh that kind of um contradiction of background and foreground like you might have like a billboard that's got like a a really witty saying on it or just like completely um different to the person that's walking past like you might Mm. have like a gorgeous uh model and then uh someone uh you know uh, with a stroller walking past, you, you know, just 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 the um, the contradiction of the foreground and background can make a, like a really uh, interesting image, or mm. it can just be a really cool like you've got the cool street. There's so much great street art around, and then the person uh, walking through the frame just makes for an interesting shot. The other place uh, I love to shoot in is subways because you've got mm. those like, um, you know, dark, uh, narrow uh, sort of walkthroughs in, in, in subways and there's always, always interesting people in a subway. Mm. Markets are awesome. Mm. Narrow alleyways are really cool. Underpasses, car parks, cafes. You have a thing for car parks, I've noticed. Yeah, I do love a car park. Yeah, I I would never in my wildest dreams have thought of a car park as a location, but you have made me change my mind on that. Uh, Cafes, I always see um, 
amazing people in yes. cafes and it just like they're really cool and they're often so absorbed in going about their daily lives, reading their newspaper or, you know, animated in conversation. You can just get these really cool little snapshots. Uh, the other thing I love are street windows, shop windows, okay? So, and, and, and it's very similar to using a billboard or, or street art as a background. Mm. I'll use the same technique. So if I find it like sometimes, and I did this a lot when I was uh, up in Sydney earlier this year, Val, where I just found like I went down to the whatever that street is in Sydney where all the Gucci's and the Pradas are. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Castle Ray Street. Yeah, Castle Ray Street, that's it. And um, I just would frame up a background like a Gucci or a Prada and they're like very sort of opulent looking street fronts and then wait for the right person to walk mm. through and just catch that catch that shot. Who's the right person for a shot like that? Well, for me, um, it depends on the mood that I'm in. Like, But I, I t- tend to like – uh, like a lean, like it, it depends on what sort of vibe I want for my photos. So if I wanted to do something tongue in cheek, mm. I would have the high end Prada, and I might have someone that's, you know, uh, wearing uh, sweatpants and, <laughs> you know, not not looking particularly high end, unpolished mm-hmm. with the polished background. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, I might have someone in, in a suit looking really dapper walking through the frame. Uh, it just depends on the mood. Uh, the other great places to uh, find good locations for street photography are like street corners, lots of action happening there. Mm. The beach, like you were there at the beach, mm. always lots of action going on. And, and the parks, there's always heaps happening there. And I've probably missed a few uh, great locations there. But they're some of my favourites. Yeah, great. Fantastic. So I feel very uncomfortable sometimes taking photos because I, I, don't, I don't think I'm very subtle. <laughs> and so do you have any advice on that? Because, you know, hasn't anyone ever got cranky at you or, or given you a dirty look or said, look, hey, I didn't say you could take my photo? Do you know what? I don't think I have. Really? Yeah, and it's because I'm always, when I'm taking someone's photo, I've always got a massive smile on my face and and I'm always very respectful. I will, so, and this is something that I wanted to talk about. It's like if, I think if you're going to go around and photograph someone who might be in distress or in an embarrassing situation, like, you know, someone who perhaps is homeless or um, obviously uh, under the influence of drugs or in the middle. I, I remember when I was in Cuba, Val, there was a couple, um, it was very early in the morning, it was like seven in the morning, and it was a young couple in their 20s having the biggest breakup argument in mm. the world, right? And he, the guy, was just in his uh, pants. He had his shirt off, um, but he looked re- it, like it looked like a scene out of a movie. Val, mm, yeah. And the girl had the mascara running down her face. Oh dear, and she was so distressed. But it was like it would have made the best photo, mm. but I didn't shoot it because, like, this is a private moment, and mm. it's like it's none of my business. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I I didn't. I didn't feel right photographing that. Okay. Like, remember that, that woman that um, tweeted a ho- the couple? Um, oh, tweeted the couple tweeted breaking up. couple breaking up, you On know. The plane. I, yeah. I kind of. Hashtag like, plane breakup. Yeah, which everyone kind of like, a lot of people watch, but it's like, imagine if that was you. Mm, like, yes. God knows I've had, I've had, you know fights with people in public. I'm not proud of them, but like, I think everyone has, haven't they? Yes, you know? Sure. So I would hate for that to be recorded. Mm-hmm. So I kind of I kind of think, well, what if this was my daughter or my mother or would I be proud, would, you know, would I want them to be photographed in this situation? And if okay. the answer is no, I don't shoot. So okay, I that's tr- a good rule of thumb. Yeah, so I try and I try and make sure that my images are, are uplifting and positive, and I try and just avoid uh, photographing anyone who's in an embarrassing situation or obviously in distress. What about kids? Because there's a whole you know can of worms if you're photographing kids. And then with kids, uh, did you do that? 
Yeah, I, I kind of like, and I do. I know I've got a shot that I, I absolutely love of a little girl running up the um the beach in Via Reggio, which in Italy that I saw because it was just this uh, perfectly timed moment where there was this line of umbrellas leading to the beach. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the path leading to the water, and there's this little girl with her little um, pail, like little. Um, she's about to go make sand sandcastles, and she mm-hmm. and she's and her little handbag, and she's running to the beach. Mm-hmm. And so I photographed her from behind, mm-hmm. and I took the shot. But generally, again, I kind of avoid photographing kids as well. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's just my. I mean, you're allowed to if they're in some countries uh if it's in a public place but you know i i i I, if it's positive and okay i might do it like i think i've done kids riding their bikes in the in the square in in sicily somewhere and things like that so yeah okay which brings us to the law and street photography i'm not very clear on you know what the ethics are or what the rules and regulations are in terms of street photography, especially if the we you don't know what's going to happen to the shot. Exactly. Well, so the laws do vary from country to country. So I would uh, check first before you go out and just start shooting. Uh, and I know there's parts of uh, Europe that I think I've heard that you, you it's actually against the law unless it's for high art purposes, right? Mm-hmm. But but I'm not sure how how much that's been tested and how many people have said, well, like you know, you took my photo. I'm now I'm you know going to take you to court and uh, I want you to you know pull them down and and stop taking my photo. So, but certainly in Australia, and I think in the US, you can photograph anyone who's in a public place, and you can display these images online or you know um, wherever as long as you're not. Uh, selling them as stock photography or using them for commercial purposes. If you're planning on doing that, you actually need to have a model release. Well, if you that means if you're using it in a book, if you're using it in a book, that's commercial purpose because you're going to sell the book. Well, if you're going to sell the book, then yeah. So, um, but if it's just for your Instagram feed, Mm. then that's fine. Okay, but. uh, just a uh, note here that neither Gina or I are lawyers, so if no, you are unclear, <laughs> so so if you are unclear or need clarification on any of these points, please do consult your own lawyer. <laughs> Shouldn't that be at the end of the podcast? Fast, uh, you know how they speed up the words and anything you hear or say. Blah, 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 blah. Just we thought I'd it. throw it in here. Yeah, no, you needed to, Val. Thank you. Um, and then uh, I think. Photographing someone who's in their own private property, again, differs from country to country. Uh, it's a bit of a grey area, but I just avoid uh, doing that. So, like, photo, if you can, a long lens into someone's hallway and you can see them in the kitchen and you take that photo, that's kind of a bit stalkerish <laughs> and uh, a bit creepy. So, so don't do it. You know, or your neighbour through the window. It's like, oh, street photography. Uh I think that's called stalking. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I tend to avoid that as well. So I've got, like, lots of examples in the show notes this week, Val, that I've put in that if you want to see of some of the stuff that I've done as well. So Gina's uh, included some shots, some great street photography shots in the show notes, including the one she mentioned earlier with the um, Madonna in with. Madonna in the background and the guy in the suit with the umbrella walking past. It's a great shot. I think that when she did do that, I lost her for the next five hours and could not find her till well after dinner. But um, I lost that day, remember? I got yes. Lost. yes. Couldn't, couldn't find Gina. The phone didn't work. But anyway, That's right. I think she ditched us on purpose. Um, <laughs> Gina's also got a great shot there of an older gentleman in Hyde Park in Sydney smoking a cigarette. Great character, you know, in his face. And also some uh, a great shot of two women 
with an umbrella, walking in the rain in a in yeah. a street scene, which is awesome. And I love this shot, Gina. It's in it's from Milan in Italy, and it's an example that Gina has mentioned about using a shop front to mm. a, as a great background. Now, this shot, Gina, looks actually like it was shot in 1950. I know. How cool, hey? How did you? Grab that. So what it is, it's a it's a it's a shop front. Of a, a, looks like a high end store, and there's a lady standing in front of the shop front with her dog. But it looks like she's having a conversation with her dog, and it looks like she's dressed in the 1950s. She does. She looks like she's straight out of the 1950s, and the retro sunglasses and everything. So mm. I was standing at that. I was uh, on a trip to Italy, and uh, one of the friends I was with is a buyer for her fashion label, and she dragged me around to all these high-end uh, shops, mm. which I hated. I hated being there, but <laughs> then I got some of the best shots ever because I'm just standing outside all these high-end shops waiting for her to come out mm. and I'm lined up lining up the I, I thought this this is a cool background I'll just wait for someone to walk in and there and there she did there she was she came in and I'm like there you go got right the so, so you did a wait and see uh, I did a wait and see now there's a also a great shot that Gina has of a man in a suit it looks like riding a bike down this um, corridor of what looked like shut down markets in Morocco. So this is an awesome black and white shot, which again looks like it's from the 1950s as well, very uh, retro. But did was that a wait and see shot? Because you just had this great sort of corridor, this great alleyway with yeah. So that's all these in the shut shops in Marrakesh, and this was uh, we were walking through. It was very early in the morning. It was like pre-dawn, and I was going to get a, a dawn shot somewhere else. But I had this yeah beautiful empty uh, corridor there. All the shops were closed, and I had seen a few guys go by on their bike, and I'm like, I'm just going to wait. And uh, and grab someone, and he he came in, and I got the shot. So very happy with that one. Yeah, fantastic. And also some great shots of some nuns boarding <laughs> boarding a plane. Certainly unexpected. <laughs> yes. And, and the flying nuns that made me so happy. Oh, I was so God. excited when I saw that. And of course. I'm boarding that little Alitalia plane. Mm. You know how you can tell which the plane is Alitalia? No, on no. The runway. It's got hair under its wings. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I can't believe you just said that. Okay, let's move on to the next shot, which is of an elderly gentleman walking past this fantastic uh, barber shop in uh, Sicily. Um and uh, yeah, check it out because it's 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 great. He's sort of shuffling past this this barber shot very early in the morning as well. So yeah, again, you get all the best shots early in the morning, waiting for the um watching the city wake up. So that's just like I've just positioned myself, um, and I think in that little corner where I was sitting, I got about five shots that morning, five great shots because there's no one around. And this street generally in another two hours would have been packed with tourists. But the mm. thing is, if you get there early enough, um, you know, you just get those uh, few people and that's any city. It doesn't need to be a, like a, a, a famous city where lots of tourists go to. And it's just everyone is so focused on getting on with their their regular lives that they mm. just um, get out there and, and you can you can get some great shots. Well, I think it goes without saying that our hashtag Gina challenge this week needs to be hashtag street. Yes. So, you know, um, interpret that how you will, but uh, if you want to get out there and do some street photography or upload some of your examples of street photography, we'd love to see them, upload them into the Facebook group. So remember, search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and join us because um, we share all of our stuff there. And make sure you hashtag it, hashtag Gina Challenge, hashtag street so we know which topic you're doing. But someone asked the question in the group earlier this week whether, you know, because there are some listeners who are going through the back catalogue because they've, they've only recently discovered us and whether they can upload some of the older topics 
Absolutely. As mm-hmm. long as you put, put hashtag Gina challenge and then hashtag whatever the topic is so that we know which topic you're referring to, we would absolutely love to see them. So don't worry if you're, if, if you're still catching up on your episodes, you can absolutely uh, join in no matter where you are um, in, in, in the order of, of, of listening to the podcasts. So that brings us to Gina almost the end of our podcast this week. I just want to remind everyone that uh, do sign up to Gina's newsletter, which is every fortnight, and you'll find uh, the link to to that uh, ginamilitia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And it's awesome because there's a lot of stuff in there that Gina doesn't put uh, anywhere else, such as free Lightroom presets, which only Mm -hmm. newsletter subscribers get. So also upcoming, we've got some really good stuff planned for you with Mm -hmm. some free videos and how-to videos and stuff, but only newsletter subscribers are going to get those. So do join us uh, and connect with us on that. But uh, where are we going to, sorry, where, what are you doing this week, Gina, until we chat again? So shooting every day this week. Wow, you're going to be busy. Yeah, what kind of I stuff? I am going to be busy. Uh, a whole lot of different stuff. So um, I'm working on a uh, TV show. Mm. I've got sort of uh, stock shots to do for some people. So lo- lots of, uh, you know, portrait shoots, celebrity portrait shoots. And yeah, it's, it's, um, it's nuts. You? What are you doing? What am I doing? I'm doing a lot of catching up and tidying up because I've been so immersed in some major projects lately that I've, you know, you should see my desk, like you should see my office. It looks like a disaster zone. And I need to get that in order because before long, I'm going to be heading down to Melbourne to hang out with you. Mm. And that's going to be fun because we'll be doing a lot of shooting and a lot of filming and stuff like that. Yes, very exciting. Yes. So in the meantime, do connect with us on social media. where do we find you, Gina? So I'm uh, on Twitter at, at Gina Militia. So that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And you can also find me on Instagram at Gina Militia. And you will also find me very late at night on the Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> so do join us on the group. And you'll find me at Valerie Koo. That's K-H-O-O on Instagram and on Twitter. And I'm also hanging out on Facebook as well. And of course, you'll get the show notes at ginamilitia.com. So until next time, thanks for listening and we'll see you then. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.